Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The clue is playoffs for 500. Jackson Griffin, Ingram, Henry, Mariota. Who are the record five Heisman Trophy winners in the Titans-Ravens divisional round game? This is a divisional round home and home a radio.com sports original or brought to you by zip recruiter. Check them out. Zip recruiter, the smartest way to hire in 2020. Again, five Heisman trophy winners in one playoff game. That has never happened before. Lamar Jackson, RG three, Mark Ingram, Derek Henry, Marcus Mariota. Of course, he's the one with Griffin that you probably will not see in this football game. A lot to get to on a bloody Mary Friday. Everybody, Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus, he weighs in on the divisional round games and tells us what they told Mike McCarthy, how they helped him land a job as the Dallas Cowboys head coach and the voice of the LSU Tigers. His name is Chris Blair, previews the national championship game on Monday night. Cannot wait for that. Let me take a sip of this Bloody Mary. And we are off on a Friday. I'm Dave Briggs in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's in Pennsylvania. For those of you watching on the radio.com app, I got a special t-shirt for you all. Oh, Fitz magic. This thing rocks. I, I mean, my favorite football player in the NFL for anyone that's been listening or watching. I love the Fitz magic Ross. I had to get this t-shirt. It's pretty legendary, right? Dude, that t-shirt is amazing. I love it. You got to tell me where you got it. I want to get one. I hope he's making some money from that. I'll text him and find yeah, out. Man. Also, we need another new sponsor, Dave. We need a deodorant sponsor. What is going on with you? What? Why are your pits that sweaty at 8.30? Did you just go for a run? Why are your armpits sweaty? Well, you know I sweat like playing Monopoly, or in this case, sorry, because that's what I play with my kids every day. But uh, I always work out in the morning for a good hour or so, and then I take a hot shower, and I just don't come down. I probably had to go with the cold shower, Ross. Cold you know shower what, dude, is underrated, dude, bro. Dude, you know what, dude? You know what's so funny that you say that, okay? Yeah. I have the same routine, and no joke. So I have a detached garage that I have turned into my exercise room, studio. It's also where I shower and get changed in the morning, okay? After I work out, Dave, I put the thermostat from 72 down to 68 for up here on the second floor. I go downstairs, and while I'm on my computer sending you guys notes or getting ready for my day, I open the door outside to... My, to the world it's snowy there's deer out there it's like 20 degrees out i open that door wide open mm. for the next 10 to 15 minutes and i cool down dave i literally don't shower until at least 15 minutes after my mm. workout while the cool air is coming in i'm getting some work done cooling i might brush my teeth or whatever then I get in the shower that because the same thing would happen to me. It wouldn't take the shower. Wouldn't take the same thing would happen to me. <laughs> so I need to, I need a 15, 20 minute cool down period. And I literally open the door to get a lot of cold air in the first floor so that it's not hot down there. I love it, man. I just, you, you're always saving people. You're always teaching people things. You're always saving humanity. And you just saved me, perhaps, some pit stains. You don't and hop maybe right you'll... in the shower, do you? You don't hop right in the shower um, when you're done with it's, 
it's in the next five minutes or so. And I've probably also had coffee. So look, it is probably a bad cycle. You're also going to help my t-shirts live longer with that routine. But I don't think we could get a deodorant sponsor because once they see how much I sweat, man, they're going to be like, that's not a good look for us. <laughs> there, there was one that I tried, bro, years ago. It's like a special deodorant for people like me that literally stops you from sweating. And my wife's like, whoa, like after a couple of days, she's like, you're a bad human. You need to sweat. Like I, I like Jim Alvano's advice about laugh, uh, cry and, and think right each day. I would just add sweat because if I don't sweat every day, I'm a bad human, man. I'm just not a good person. Like that's how the demons come out. You know, that's just how it comes out. I need to sweat, don't you? I love sweating. I, I, I actually, when I'm going to work out, I always wear a long sleeve shirt when I'm working out. <laughs> I and I, cr I crank up the heat. If I'm going to work out, I want to sweat. I want to get out any potential bad antibodies or whatever they're called in my body. I want to get whatever I drank the night before whatever crappy shit I ate that I shouldn't have, I want it out. I want to sweat in the morning, get it out. And uh, this morning I did a little 15 minute speed intervals on the stepper and then DDP yoga, a little double dip this morning. <gasps> wow, double dipping it on a Bloody Mary Friday, just P90X for me. By the way, just to remind you folks why I broke in the show with a, a Jeopardy reference. If you're not watching it, it is Goat Week on Jeopardy. It's been awesome. I love Jeopardy. I love seeing James Holzhauer versus Ken Jennings. I can't even remember the other guy's name. What is the, the third guy's name? I have Brad Rudder? Some... Rudder? Holy Brad crap. Rudder? You, know, you watch Jeopardy? Never. No. Oh, um, just, I just know because, because I follow a lot of people in Philadelphia. He's a Philadelphia guy. So they uh, all love Brad Rutter. That that's like their guy. That's who that's who they love. All I can know all I know about Jeopardy is that the scene with Bill Murray from Groundhog Day is a top five movie scene in the history of cinema. I I cry, cry when he looks at that old lady and says, What is the roan? <laughs> Before the question is even asked. And she does a great job of being like, oh my God, what the hell? I, that, what is Titicaca? I mean, that's it is great unbelievable. Movie. I that love is, that movie and I love that scene. It's an underrated movie, man. I absolutely agree with you. So, so in this GOAT tournament, it's, it's been surprisingly, I think a lot of people thought James Holzhauer was going to dominate. Ken Jennings so far has been the man in the tournament. And Holzhauer, who is freaking hilarious, not just brilliant. This guy is going to be a huge star. I'm not sure what he's definitely going to get his own show. And I don't know what it's going to be. But he tweeted after Jennings' latest uh, strong effort last night. Holzhauer tweeted, my wife is going to make me role play as Ken Jennings tonight. So this guy is on fire, even if he's losing. Uh, you'll love this from one of the millennials here. Brad's final answer was Eagles Super Bowl champs last night. He wagered 41-13, 4,113 for the 41-33 win over the New England Patriots. That is strong. Check out the GOAT uh, ending tonight on Jeopardy. But this weekend, we know what you're watching. You're watching four incredible divisional round NFL playoff games. We asked you at RDC Home and Home, which game are you looking forward to the most? And Ross, I am freaking floored by this because for me, it was easy. But the game I am most looking forward to so far our listeners and viewers are looking forward to the least. So we'll get into that one later on in the program. Right now, Ross, they are jacked for the matchup of two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, not those two, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, Seahawks and Packers. Is that the game you are most looking forward to? No, I'm not. That's actually third on my list. Um, I... I, look, I get it. Now, I will say this, Dave. 
It's supposed to snow from tonight until Sunday morning. But if it actually snowed during that game, I would have it number one. There is nothing better than snow football. If you could guarantee that it would be snowing during that game, that would easily be number one for me. Instead, it's number three. And like you said, Dave, it's the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. It's the greatest weekend in sports. I mean, we are all going to be excited and watch all of the games. But I'm not as excited about that one. I don't think the Seahawks have a great team. I think that they are primarily Russell Wilson chucking it to Metcalf and Lockett. Their offensive line isn't very good. Maybe they get Dwayne Brown back. I don't envision them really being able to run the ball that well. Defensively, they're kind of just K.J. Wright and Bobby Wagner. Josh McCown, the journeyman quarterback, was able to move the ball up and down the field. Now, they didn't score points, but he moved the ball up and down the field. Meanwhile, for the Packers, you got the Smith brothers. I guess I just I think the Packers win the game. Maybe Russell Wilson can can have some heroics and and make it more interesting. But look, I, I'm like you, Dave. I'm into all of them. I just there's a couple other games I'm a lot more fired up about. I also don't think, quite frankly, either Green Bay or Seattle is that great. Maybe I'm tipping my hand here a little bit, but I think the winner <laughs> of the Vikings Niners game is going to the Super Bowl. So that's one reason why I have that ranked higher on on my list. So it'll be a good game. Um, I just think it's weird that the Seahawks and Russell Wilson have the much better quarterback in this game. And I think Aaron Rodgers is probably getting real tired of hearing that. So I, I, maybe as curious as anything I am for that game is to see, A, does it snow? And B, does Rodgers come out firing because he's sick of hearing how much better Russell Wilson is than him these days? You know, I, I hear both ways, actually. I mean, I watch a lot of different sports media, and I still hear people tell me that Aaron Rodgers is one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time, a top fiver. So I hear plenty of people saying that Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback. Now, I completely agree with you. I think Russell Wilson is the best QB. I'm not looking, well, look, I'm looking forward to all these games, but I actually have this game fourth on my list because. There's no running running game for the Seattle Seahawks. If they had Chris Carson, if they even had Richard Penny, who is a underrated back and is a future star in this league, I would love this game. And this game is all about Aaron, not Aaron Rodgers. It's all about Aaron Jones. He is the reason. He will be the snowplow, if you will, even though Green Bay is asking for 700 shovelers to start at 6 a.m., because they're expected to have 8 to 10 inches to shovel off of the field and out of the stadium. Winter Storm Charlotte expected to hit Saturday and wrap up by Sunday morning. But this is about Aaron Jones and the lack of running game for the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson will pull out some magic. Not enough magic in this one. I do think the turnover battle is interesting. If there's a game that could sway it the other way, because Green Bay is nine and zero when they win the turnover battle, and Seattle is eight and one. Both teams, the best in the league, when they win that turnover battle. But Aaron Rodgers has only thrown four interceptions. Let me get to the point spread quickly. It's okay. four and a half. I do like Green Bay to win the game, but I'm intrigued on Seattle uh, to be under that number, and I think. 46 and a half, that's a tough one on the over-under. I'm not sure where I go with that. Do you think the the weather, the snow, is at all a factor? Um, I don't think it sounds like it. I was on with Milwaukee this morning, and they feel like it's all going to be done by Sunday morning. But that actually leads me to my question, Dave, for you. Two questions, actually. Yeah. Number one, reportedly, the people that shovel the snow will get $12 an hour. I heard. Yeah, yep, um, that's what I heard. Isn't there something cooler than that they could do, Dave? Like, shouldn't they all get Packers merch or like some Packers gear? Or isn't there somewhere they could put them in the stadium huh. during the game? Like one of those rooms that nobody actually uses in the bowels of the stadium and have a big TV in there. And it's a shoveler watch party. 
Maybe they have Bloody Marys. Maybe Dave Briggs is the host of the Lambo Shovelers watch party. I mean, I think they could really make this cool and get a shitload of people there to help shovel. And I think people will still go because it's cool to be in Lambo and it's $12 an hour and whatever. It's extra money and people can say, I was there, I shoveled this morning. But I just feel like you, you might not even have to pay them. If you said, listen, right afterwards, you guys can stay in Lambo all day. We got a room for you. We'll have brats. We'll have ice cream. We'll have cheese, cheese curds. We'll have beer, spotted cow beer. We're not going to pay you, but we're going to have the most epic Lambo shoveler watch party in the history of Lambo shoveler watch parties that I just invented. Wait, you're, I, I love this idea. And in fact, I think we got to get something going on Twitter. We got to inform our friends at 105.7 who we're going to hear from shortly. You're not suggesting that they do it as an alternative to paying them. I think you do it in addition to. And a lot of people don't know about the bowels in the stadiums. A lot of times we, the media, have to hang out. Like at a Super Bowl, for example, when the press box is overfilled, there's these huge cavernous rooms which are tailor-made for a watch party like Ross Tucker is talking about. But you, you still got to pay him. And what makes this beautiful is the people own the Packers. So you could have, an, technically speaking, you could have an owner shoveling snow out of the stadium, which makes that franchise, it's another reason, makes it so special. So here's the other question, okay? Yeah. I don't know what the NFL rules are. Maybe it's a two-part question, Dave. Number one, should they have to remove the snow from the field itself? Or should they have the opportunity and the ability to leave it there if they'd like? And also, which would you prefer? Would you want the field cleared so there's no snow, so it's totally uh, level playing field, blah, 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 you know, no issues? Or would you rather... They left the snow on the field and just, you know, mowed and, and shoveled off the uh, the line. So we know where the lines are on the field, but the snow was out there. I got a feeling I know what, what you're going to say. I absolutely need every bit of snow cleared off of that field. I don't want that. Now, if it falls during the game, whatever falls from the time guys are warming up to the end of the game, so be it. If a blizzard hits in a game, that's fine. You cannot have one snowflake on that field when that game starts if it was from the night before. I do not want that to be a factor in my NFL playoffs. And for those that don't know, this isn't the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field that you grew up watching on television. There are heaters under this field that will help remove any snow ahead of that game. Yeah, they will, and you're right, and that's probably right. And by the way, it'll probably be a good enough visual for me, Dave, just to see the snow around the stadium, you know what I mean, around the field, because I don't know, I mean, they, they I know they're trying to get rid of it, but I still think there will be a snow uh, surrounding the field. That'll probably be good enough, but snow games are epic, dude. I mean, snow games are unbelievable. I think it'd be cool if there was snow on the field, Probably not how you want the NFC divisional round game decided, and I get that, but what do I care? I don't really give a shit who wins. I, all I care about is my own entertainment. I don't need a level playing field. I need guys slipping and getting their face smashed in snow. That's what I want. Yeah, you're you're a big you're one of the big uglies. I mean, you're not you're a beautiful man, but I get that offensive linemen want that game. I'm a pretty boy. I'm a guy who is a quarterback. I do not want snow on the football field to be a factor. But boy, I love this idea about a watch party. Please, our folks at 105.7 in Milwaukee, you got to get the word out to the Packers organization. We want a shovelers watch party in the stadium. It would be epic. What do they think is the X factor in this game? What concerns Packers fans and 105.7 about this Seattle team? Let's listen in. So what scares you about Seattle, if anything? Oh, the, the quarterback's as good as any player in football. You know, he, Sparky, he accounted for 95.1% of their yardage last week. 
I mean, mm-hmm. just think about it. Between between his arm and his leg, he just he put the team on his back. They cannot let him break containment. They can't let him out of the pocket. That is as scary as Lamar Jackson. Russell's that good. Um, he'll be the best quarterback at Lambeau Field on Sunday afternoon, and he's good enough to steal the game for Seattle. They have one of the best quarterbacks in football, Russell Wilson, and Pete Carroll. For what it is, somehow, some way, he gets his teams prepared and ready, regardless of the circumstances. Really, the offense you take away Aaron Jones. Uh, there's not much left. Devontae Adams obviously is special, but the injury midseason cost him some time. Uh, you know, you look at Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez, Cantley, and Geronimo Allison. Who is that? They've all had the opportunity to emerge Hub as a player number two and Hub. number three, and none of them have. Some of these matchups bother me. I, I do not think the Packers are, are, are all that good on the interior of the offensive line. And, and I think Pete Carroll and company are going to do some interesting things with Jadavia and Clowney, who's been a dominant player in these playoffs. So that worries me a little bit. I do think Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright, if there's anybody who can limit and even neutralize Aaron Jones, it is them. At the top, Pete Carroll, to me, is the one game changer out of all of it that he does tip the scales just enough to give it to the Seattle side. Those are our friends, 105.7 in Milwaukee. Ross, I do think a great point was made there, and apologize for yapping over our friends at 105.7. If they can shut down Aaron Jones and make this game Russell Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers, then we've got an entirely different ball game. but I don't think they can. I don't think they will. I think the Packers will lean heavily on Aaron Jones. At least that's what I would do. Uh, is that a, game, a, a factor that could really change the dynamic here? Isn't it weird? Um, yes, it could. But isn't it weird, Dave, that it feels like the Packers can win games for the first time in a long time with their defense, yeah. like they did against the Vikings. They can win games for the first time in a long time with their running game. Like, they did a bunch, like why are we not talking about the Packers as Super Bowl favorites? They can win games with their defense for the first time in a while. Win games with their running game. For the first, and, and by the way, Aaron Rodgers, he still plays for them. They're 13-3. and three. And I'm one of them. I don't think the Packers are that great either. It's, it's bizarre, right? I mean, you would think that they would be the runaway favorite based on that stuff, but they're not. Yeah, I, I don't love this Packers team. I, I just think they're. this is very fortunate. They're getting a Seattle team without Carson. I think... They've just been fortunate all season long. I never see a team that is that convincing. They can't put away even bad football teams. Look at Detroit and Washington in the last couple of weeks. Just those are teams you have to come out and pummel. Don't let them hang around in a football game. And they beat Washington by five. They beat Detroit by three with David Blau at quarterback. Not convinced, but they'll get one more win and move on. They are your number one most watchable game, according to our viewers. Number two, according to you, Vikings and 49ers. So 49ers is seven-point favorite right now. 45-and-a-half is the over-under. Uh, is this game number two to you, or where does it lie on your most watchable games? Um, which one was it again, Dave? This is Vikings Niners, which is currently at 27%. Seattle and Green Bay is at 34%. Number one. Number, number one. one. Vikings Niners is my number one. Because, Why? number one, I think that the winner of this game is going to the Super Bowl. Because if the Niners win, Dave, then they host the conference championship game against the Packers or the Seahawks, and I like the Niners in that game. If the Vikings win, then they'll be going to Seattle or Green Bay having won at the Superdome and at San Francisco. Those boys will be rolling at that point. Those guys will be sky high and feeling like they're unstoppable. And guess what? rightfully so if they win those back-to-back games. So either way, I think the winner of Vikings and Niners is going to the Super Bowl. And I just think the game's going to be awesome. First playoff game in San Francisco in a while. They're the number one seed. And, you know, they've got the, uh, the saloon font, which is tradition in the end zone out there. 
We get to see Jimmy G in his first playoff game. Kyle Shanahan, first playoff game as a head coach. George Kittle's my favorite player in the NFL, up there with Ryan Fitzmagic, by the way. And, <laughs> I, and also, I think the Vikings, that was no fluke on Sunday. They beat the Saints' brains in. I think it's going to be an awesome game. I think it's a true toss-up game, Dave. I am stunned that the Niners are laying seven points. I think this is the second week in a row that the odds makers setting the lines have gotten it wrong. I love the Vikings getting the seven points. I think it's a toss-up game. I guess with the short week and Thielen having a little bit of an ankle issue with stitches in there and the mm-hmm. Niners coming off the bye, I guess I'll take the Niners like 24-23, but I absolutely think the Vikings can win it wouldn't be surprised if they did. Damn it, I hate when, hate when we agree. Not my number one, but it is my number two most watchable game that I'm looking forward to. I also like the Vikings on, on that seven-point spread. Too many points, and here's why. For San Francisco, who was dominant early, last five games decided by seven or fewer points. Three of their last five by three points or less. And the difference down the stretch has been their defense that has been giving up a lot of points. Again, a dominant group earlier in the season. Listen to this. They allowed 23 total points in four games out of their bye. 23 points in four games out of their bye. In the last four games in the season, they've allowed 127 points, 31 points per game down the stretch. Not sure what exactly happened with this defensive unit. Maybe you can add some in, some insight on that. But I think the difference maker here and why San Francisco wins is the number one cover corner, according to Pro Football Focus. That, of course, Richard Sherman. Surprisingly, I think if he can lock down either Diggs, probably Diggs because Thielen is banged up, I think it's going to, to... hurt Kirk Cousins who needs to stretch the field to have a chance in this ball game. I'm not touching the 45 and a half. I think they pinned it, but I too like the Vikings. Uh, what happened with that Niners defense down the stretch and does it concern you? Yes, uh, it does. Uh, they did not run the ball as well the last month of the year, Dave, and they did not play as well yeah. defensively. I think a big part of it were the defensive injuries that they suffered I mean, you know, it started earlier in the year when they lost Quan Alexander, who might be playing tomorrow, which would be really interesting. He's kind of pulling a J.J. Watt, trying to go out there with a torn peck, and he actually suffered the injury earlier. So we'll see uh, if they can harness the Quan. Um, Quan Alexander out there. I think losing D.J. Jones hurt quite a bit. He was sort of the unknown guy of that front. They were without D Ford for a long time. They do get D Ford back. So getting D Ford back and Quan Alexander back is huge for them, Dave. But I just think it was a war of attrition. You know, losing guys like Jaquiski Tart and the other guys I mentioned, it just took its toll on this defense. They do get a couple of those guys back. So maybe that makes a big difference for the Niners D. We both agree on the seven points. We like Minnesota. We have two more games to go in the divisional round. The game I am most looking forward to, you the listener and the followers on Twitter, you are looking forward to that game the least. We'll tell you who that is and why some say it is Brady v. Manning in 2020. That's ahead after a quick break here on a Friday Home and Home. But first, ZipRecruiter, we love them, you know them, you love them. They are our biggest sponsor, which already tells you that they're geniuses because they sponsor the best show on Radio.com app as well as anywhere, really. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. They don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience, and invite them to apply to your job. As the applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. 
That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's a divisional round, home and home. What game are you most looking forward to right now? It is, it is overwhelmingly leaning in the direction of the Seahawks and Packers. The game I am most looking forward to, you all are looking forward to the least at this juncture. It's a busy hour on the radio.com app. If you don't have it, download it. Obviously you do because you wouldn't be listening to us. So we've got Doug Peterson on WIP radio. Will he reassess his judgment on the Jadevian Clowney hit that knocked Carson Wentz out of the postseason? We've also got Mike McCarthy talking about the new job as the Dallas Cowboys head coach. Will he give us some insight about the sleepover with Jerry Jones? That's happening this hour on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. We'll bring them those, uh, bring you the highlights of those interviews as we get them. Home and Home Radio.com Sports Original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter, folks. The smartest way to hire, whether you are the Cleveland Browns who have the last interview scheduled today. It's Josh McDaniels. We'll weigh in on that process ahead. But now back to the divisional round previews and the games you are most or least looking forward to on the weekend. I'm Dave Briggs in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's in Pennsylvania. And number three on your list is the Titans and the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, the game that has five, a record five Heisman Trophy winners playing or two of them sitting, RG3 <laughs> and Marcus Mariota. But that's still an awesome stat, man. If you can only get them all on the football field, it would really make my weekend, man. Uh, yeah, so that's the game I'm going to be at, uh, driving down to Baltimore tomorrow. I'll be in the booth for the Westwood booth. One. Uh, obviously, very much looking forward to it. Uh, for those of you that are driving around, check it out on most of these radio.com stations. Uh, go ahead, Dave. You don't have to be driving around. Here's what I'm going to do, Ross. I, I, I love the networks. I'm going to mute the networks, and I'm going to turn you up on my couch. I mean, that's how there you do you it. Well, if well, you if you actually do do that, I'm doing it. Text me, text me, and maybe I'll give you a shout out. Maybe I can give Briggsy and uh, Home and Home a shout out. So this was number two for me. It's number three. For our listeners and for the folks on Twitter, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. He's at Dave Briggs TV. Make sure you're following both of us. Of course, at RDC Home and Home is where you can go and vote on the poll. And even if you're listening to this on demand later, like we know a lot of you do, you still have time. The poll's a 24-hour poll, and the games don't start till tomorrow afternoon. This is number two for me, Dave, um, primarily because of the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. But also, I'm intrigued by the Titans, man. I'm intrigued by, it feels like you get to the point in the postseason at times where there are teams that might not be real pretty. They're just kind of pounding the ball, playing D, slugging it out. There's a long history in the NFL of teams like that finding a way to go on runs. What makes this especially interesting to me the Titans have not played the Ravens yet this year. In fact, they're the only team in the AFC postseason that had not already played the Baltimore Ravens. So what will Dean Pease and Mike Vrabel have up their sleeves? We asked Rod Woodson yesterday about how he would defend Lamar Jackson. I'm very curious. It's kind of like opening up your presents a little bit on Christmas Day. What are they going to have in store? The key to the game, I think, pretty clearly is whether or not the Titans can run the ball effectively with Derrick Henry. And I would, I'll would i take even a step further back, Dave. The key to this game is who gets the lead. I mean, if the Titans get the lead, I'll be very curious to see how the Ravens roll when they're actually behind. If the Ravens get the lead, I think the Titans are in major, major trouble. And they probably will get the lead because even though they've had Mariota, you know, being the guy, running the scout team and, and trying to give him a good look, if you haven't played it yet, it's kind of like going up against Army or Navy or whatever. I think the mm -hmm. Titans will probably be overwhelmed those first couple of drives. If they're not, Dave, and everybody listening or watching, if the Ravens don't score on those first couple of drives, buckle up because the Titans have a legitimate chance to win that game. Folks at home, we want to just remind you something. Ross Tucker and I do not prepare for this show together. 
we don't communicate until we sit down at the microphone. So some of the times when we agree, it's just because, well, we think the same. And I think who gets the lead is everything in that game. And I'll prove it because I had one stat written down on my notes. The Baltimore Ravens are plus 97 in the first quarter. That is number one in the NFL. And I think that's everything in this game. To your point, if Tennessee can get a lead in the first quarter and lean on the big fella, the freak of nature that is Derrick Henry, it's a different ball game. They won't. Baltimore will jump out. They will get that first quarter lead like they often do. And the stat that you know has me a little bit confused is, is that Derrick Henry, they're 12-0 when he rushes for 100-plus yards. It doesn't confuse me, but I think it'll be deceiving in this game because – to your point yesterday that maybe the Patriots' plan was to let Derrick Henry eat. I think if I'm Baltimore, I let Derrick Henry eat, knowing they can't score enough points if that's the process. So they're going to be 12-1. and one. Henry's going to get his 100 yards. Ryan Tannehill was 8-15 of 15 for 72 yards last week, and that cannot beat Baltimore. The only thing that would shock me in this game and change the dynamic is is if Ryan Tannehill can earn a massive long-term contract and prove me otherwise. I don't think he will be able to do so. I think the takeaway after the game was, yeah, we'll probably give him a, a franchise tag because we're not sure he's a guy that can put the team on his shoulders and beat a team like Baltimore. So as for the point spread, Ross, eight and a half, Ravens uh, and 47 and a half over under, where are you going on that? Well, I, I love the under. I, I love under okay. 47 and a half. I, I think both teams are going to run the ball a lot. I think that's what they want to do deep down, um, knowing these coaches a little bit. So I, the under would be my best bet there. Um, I, I hate laying that many points. Uh, so I'd probably stay away from that. If I had to put a bet on one of the teams, last I saw it was the Titans were still getting nine and a half. So maybe you saw it more mm -hmm. recently. But I would put a I I'd go with the Titans with that many points. I, I just think that they're a team that is not going to get blown out. They're going to be able to keep this game tight. I've got faith in them in that regard. So if we're talking units, it would be two units on the under, which means I feel okay. very strongly about the under. Only one unit, or even just stay away uh, with the Titans. But I would take the Titans one unit if you if you're dying to put some money on the line. Yeah, a lot of different point spreads out there, but I'm seeing right now eight and a half, a lot of points, not as many points as the difference right now, the spread right now between Kansas City and Houston. And Ross, this was the game that I thought would win number one, the game our viewers, listeners, followers are most looking forward to. I figured that would be number one. It's my number one just because... I do think this is kind of Brady Manning for the next generation. Look, I cannot wait to see these two quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, face off. Yes, I do like Mahomes a little bit better. Here are the results if you're watching right now on the radio.com app. You saw it. This is number four on the list, number one for me. And what about for you, Ross? Uh, last, dead last. For me, oh. uh, this is four yeah. out of four. So this is proof that we don't always have the same opinion and that we don't <laughs> just agree with each other all the time. You have a number one. I have a number four. Dave, I don't think the Texans are very good. I think the Chiefs are going to win by at least 14 points. Wouldn't be surprised if it's 20 points. I love Deshaun Watson. What he did against the Bills was ridiculous. But the Chiefs, are as good as any team in football right now. I think the Ravens and the Chiefs are the two best teams in football. I think they're going against each other in the AFC Championship game. And I think the winner of that game is winning the freaking Super Bowl. That's what I think. And I think the Chiefs, you look at their last four games, five games, nine points to the Raiders, 16 points in Foxborough to the Patriots, three points against the Broncos, Three points in Chicago against the Bears. And I'll give Phillip Rivers and the Chargers credit. They did score 21. But their defense is balling as of late. They're healthy on offense. Hardman and, and Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and the running backs are getting healthier again. 
after the bye. Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy. Then defensively, Frank Clark's as healthy as he's been all year. The defense has been... I just think the Chiefs are rolling. I think the Texans are going into a buzzsaw. I think the Texans have a very real chance to get embarrassed. And the only way they don't is if Deshaun Watson pulls 10 rabbits out of his hat. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I get a little nervous, Dave, about the line. Because nine and a half points is a lot. And even if the Chiefs are winning by 17, I could see Deshaun throwing a late touchdown pass with 30 seconds left. O'Brien going for two and, and backdooring it. But if I had to put it on one or the other, I would lay the points with the Chiefs. I think they win by double digits. Okay, I'm taking the Texans. I like them with the nine and a half points. I like the over, which right now I have at 50 and a half points. I think the key to the game is the protection for the Houston Texans. And and you have made this point all year, and rightfully so. Part of that depends on the ability of Deshaun Watson to get rid of the goddamn football. Throw the football. He was sacked zero times in the earlier meeting with these two teams, week six, a game won by the Houston Texans. Now, I think that's ancient history. Uh, Kansas City led that game 17-3 after one. They were banged up. Mahomes was banged up. Throw that out. But the thing you can't throw out is the importance of Houston's uh, success when protecting Deshaun Watson and him getting rid of the football. If they don't allow, if, if, if Deshaun Watson is not sacked, or if it's one sack, if they can protect him, this is going to be a fantastic football game. And that is what I do think will happen. Again, ancient history would happen in week six. Uh, the Kansas City defense is playing far, far better right now. So nine and a half. I like the Texans with that. Ross likes the Chiefs. 50 and a half point over under was my number one game. I am most looking forward to on the weekend, and you the least at this juncture. Uh, any last assessments of how this game goes down, Ross, before we get to our friends from Pro Football Focus? No, I don't think so. I think that's it. Now, look, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a close game. I hope it's an awesome game. I that, That's what I root for. I hope people realize that. Like, when you're in the media like Dave and I, we root for close games. We root for good stories. We root for close, competitive games. I just, if I had to guess one game that's a blowout this weekend, Dave, it's that one. Mm. Boy, I hope it's not. I, too, just want close games in all four games. Let's get to our friend Sam Monson, see how he feels about the division round of the NFL playoffs this coming weekend. Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. If you're not subscribed to Pro Football Focus, you got it. Best information anywhere on the internet, on Twitter, breaking down all games and grades of players across the league. Sam Monson, good to have you, my friend. Happy Friday. It's Ross Tucker and Dave Briggs. Let, let me phrase it this way. So we've been asking viewers which game they're most looking forward to. But if it, here's how I want to phrase it to you, Sam. If you could only watch one of these four games, which I know would be torture for you, it'd be like waterboarding you. If you could only watch one of these games, which is it? I don't think you can turn down the chance to watch Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens and what they do, even if that's a blowout, oh. even if they wreck the Titans, how can you turn down the chance to watch Lamar and just see what he does in the course of a game? That's the one I'd be watching. That's interesting, huh. Sam. That's the one I will be getting paid to watch. I will be in the booth for that one for Westwood one. Not too shabby. I like it. Let me ask you this, Sam, since you guys, I know not necessarily you personally, but since you guys watch every snap of every game, what are the different ways in which teams have tried to stop Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense? And what, if any, has been most effective? In particular, so many of the plays where there's some type of read option, or at least it appears there's a type of read option for Lamar. Well, that's the thing. It's like that old Mike Tyson quote. You know, it's everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And it's like everybody's got a plan to stop Lamar Jackson until you're the guy faced with a one-on-one -on -one shot at him and he just makes you look like an idiot. And, and that's the problem mm -hmm. is that, you know, teams have gone about stopping Lamar in a couple of different ways. And go back to last year and what the Chargers did to him in terms of, you know, they basically stopped the run with a whole bunch of safeties. They took all the linebackers off the field and tried to win with speed. 
but he's developed so much more now as a passer that it's made any game plan device to stop him virtually impossible. And even if you just focus on the read option stuff and the run game stuff, he is too good an athlete for anything you come up with to work on a reliable basis because everything you do is just an assignment-based system. And you're going you're gonna to assign one guy to Lamar, and that's fine, but that guy now needs to make a tackle on him in space, and that's where things start to fall down. So, you know, I think ultimately there is no great game plan to stop Lamar in this Ravens offense, except maybe to score points and to actually put mm-hmm. them on the back foot and to force them into a into chasing the game and playing from behind in a way that they don't typically do. So, honestly, I think the best defense against uh, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, is a good offense and actually put them in a rough spot early in the game. Talking to Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. If you're not subscribed to PFF.com, you are a loser. But they prove why the quarterback is the most important position on the football field. Top 10 quarterbacks graded on Pro Football Focus. You've got seven of the top nine still playing in the playoffs. So no question what the most important position is. The question is about the guy who tied as number one graded quarterback on PFF. That's Ryan Tannehill. And still a surprise given how he finished last year, which I think was dead last on PFF. The question is, if they allow Derrick Henry to eat and get his 100 to 150 yards, is Ryan Tannehill good enough to beat Baltimore? Will 8 of 15 for 72 yards and a touchdown cut it against this Baltimore team? I mean, I think he's good enough. Like you say, he's been playing like the best quarterback in the NFL since he became the starter in Tennessee. If he continues to do that, that's good enough to win these games. Um, The question is whether Baltimore secondary is good enough to slow him down or to punish him and, you know, force turnovers. Marcus Peters, obviously coming over there, has made a huge difference in terms of forcing turnovers, stealing the ball for their defense. So, you know, I think Tannehill, this gravy train is not fallen off the rails yet. He has been playing extremely well, even last week against the Patriots. Obviously, they didn't. That wasn't a game plan. They didn't have him passing as much as they have in the past. But he made a couple of key passes in that game that were absolutely instrumental in them winning. So, yeah, I think Ryan Tannehill is good enough to be a reason this Tennessee team um, scores some points on Baltimore. But they're going to be going up against one of the best defenses they faced as well. And obviously that just makes any quarterback's life more difficult. Sam, let's get to the other game on Saturday, and that's the Vikings and the Niners. Second consecutive week, I am surprised by the betting line and the Niners laying seven points to the Vikings. I mean, I don't know where you guys have them in the PFF grade, Sam, but Kirk Cousins, pretty good quarterback. Alvin Cook, pretty good running back. Theon and Diggs, pretty good receivers. Eric Hendricks, pretty good linebacker. Daniel Hunter, Everett, like the Vikings have a lot of talent. What what am I missing that the odds makers for the second week in a row don't like about the Vikings? They do. They have a lot of talent, but they have no cornerbacks of any description. Um, last week, Andrew Sandejo, with you know their third safety, was basically tasked with playing slot corner and covering Michael Thomas for half the game, and it worked. You know, my, uh, Mike Zimmer was able to dial up an incredible defensive plan for that uh, game he's going to need to do it again it's going to be a completely different set of challenges with George Kittle with Debo Samuel uh, with Debo Samuel Emmanuel Sanders um, they, it's a completely different set of guys they're going to need to cover but the slot has never been more important in today's NFL and the Vikings literally do not have a slot defender on the roster they have to patch this thing up in a way that's just so hard to do Plus, they're going on the road again for the second week. It's just, it's a tough route the Vikings are going to need to go. Talking to Sam Monson, profootballfocus.com. I have it at least, according to my information, the Vikes are the best team in the league, according to your website, in defending the tight ends. Does that leave them actually very well suited to at least slow down the San Francisco offense? Yeah, I mean, it should do. The the Vikings have a really good defense, and Mike Zimmer showed last week he's still well capable of, you know, dialing up unique game plans that will slow down even the best offenses in the NFL. So this is one of the best, you know, schematic matchups of the week. You've got 
the Kyle Shanahan offense that's able to carve anybody up and scheme guys wide open left and right, going up against Mike Zimmer's defense, fresh off the back of completely shutting down the New Orleans Saints offense outside of Taysom Hill. So, yeah, I think this is a really exciting matchup. You've got an all-pro caliber linebacker in Eric Kendricks going up against George Kittle, who just posted the best single-season grade we've ever seen from a tight end. There's, there's matchups all over the field in this one. Let's get to Sunday. Chiefs and the Texans. It's Dave's number one matchup, Sam. He can't wait to see it's last for me. Dead last, because I think the Chiefs are going to roll the Houston Texans. I want to start with Deshaun Watson. I talked with my buddy Greg Cosell yesterday on my podcast, available, radio.com app. And he said, which I thought was interesting, that he's not sure Deshaun Watson is a special player as much as maybe he's a good player that makes some special plays. And I'm wondering if you kind of know what Greg meant, or maybe you disagree. Yeah, I know what he meant. I, I think I would extend it a little bit, and I'd say that he's a great player, just not all the time. Um, and I, I think, really, this game comes down to Deshaun Watson. It's whether you get the great Deshaun Watson or you get the one that doesn't show up every now and again. And, you know, it looked like last week was going to be the latter, and then he sort of took over the game late on and became the great player that he can be again. But I, I think the Chiefs are a much better team, you know, top to bottom. And Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback more often than Deshaun Watson. But I think Watson is absolutely capable of going toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and having the kind of game where he drags the Texans to compete with the Chiefs. I just, I just don't know if you can rely on it happening. So that, I think, is the concern, is whether Watson is able to do that this week because he's certainly capable of it. You just can't guarantee it. So, Sam, when they played earlier in the year, the Texans scored 31 points. Now, over the last month or so, the Chiefs' defense has been awesome. What's the biggest reason for their improvement? Yeah, it's gotten a lot better, and I think they've become more game plan focused. So it's been a transition over the course of the year. You know, a year ago, the Chiefs did the same thing every single week. And they said, look, we play man coverage. We're going to go out there. We're going to try and make it as difficult for you as possible. But ultimately, if you're able to beat our man coverage, you're going to toast this defense. This year, they've moved to much more of a game plan specific game. And some days they play a lot of zone coverage. Some days they play a lot of man. Some days they're blitz heavy. Some days they'll back off and they'll let you, you know, hang yourself. And I I think ultimately that's a better way of playing defense. And it just took a little while for them to all get comfortable with what they're doing. But now you're seeing the dividends of that paid because this defense is capable of stealing some possessions back for Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense in a way they just weren't a year ago. Talking to Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. Check them out. Subscribe. It's pff.com. The game he's most looking forward to is the Titans and the Ravens. Our followers, our listeners, Sam, overwhelmingly right now are leaning towards Another game that features future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Seahawks and Packers, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. If those two are a push in this game, what's the most important matchup to watch in it? Yeah, and I think this is this might not be the game I'm most looking forward to, but it's the game I think will be the closest over the weekend. Mm. Um, I think the matchup to watch is Green Bay's defensive line going up in Seattle's offensive line because the Packers have got, you know, Zadarius Smith led the NFL in pressures this year. Kenny Clark is one of the best interior forces in the NFL. The Seahawks offensive line isn't great even when it's healthy, and it's far from healthy right now. So that should be a huge mismatch in Green Bay's favor. But the thing I would say is I don't think the quarterbacks are a push at all. I think right now Russell Wilson is a dramatically better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, and I think everyone sort of expects the old Aaron Rodgers to come back at some point. But I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I I think we might have seen the best of Aaron Rodgers, you know, quite some time ago now. Wow, Sam, that's an interesting statement. I got to follow up on that one. My question is, how much of it is a deterioration in Aaron's play versus maybe Matt LaFleur's new offense? What are you seeing? He's just not seeing things as well. He's not as accurate as he used to be. Is the arm strength not the same? What do you see on tape? 
Right. And the problem with Rogers is every year there's one of those, right? Last The last couple of years, it was, you know, whether it's Mike McCarthy's offense getting stale or the skill position guys. And look, there's always there's always some truth to some of that. Um, you know, this year he was without Devontae Adams for a lot of it. He still clearly doesn't have faith in any of those other receivers winning consistently and being those guys. But ultimately, Rogers isn't making as many big plays as he used to. They're still there, but they're not quite as regular. His overall efficiency isn't quite where it is. And he's not as aggressive as he used to be. He's kind of slowly but surely steered himself down this path of ultra conservative play where he doesn't really attack the middle of the field that much, you know, doesn't turn over the ball at a very low interception rate. Um, but he takes some more sacks than he should and, you know, just kind of puts his team in a hole sometimes in a way that he just didn't used to. So, I think it's not that he's a bad quarterback. You know, he finished the year, I think, still in our top 10, just albeit heading in the wrong direction. But Russell Wilson, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL this year, certainly right up there with the very best. And Rodgers just isn't at that level right now. You mentioned his former coach, Mike McCarthy, who was introduced as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys this week and a hell of a name check to Pro Football Focus during the press conference. Let's listen to what McCarthy said about PFF during his gap year. During uh, during your time off this past season, how much did you get a chance to watch the Cowboys, and what did you think of the team that you saw? Uh, I watched a lot of the Cowboys. You know, Frankly, uh, when the season started, uh, I watched a lot of game tape and then got into a, a – an editing system uh, that I was fortunate to, to, to attain through uh, PFF. Uh, you know, we'll thank those guys down there, Neil Hornsby and Chris Collinsworth. But we really just start tracking trends and, and, and looking at um, a number of different things, you know, situationally in football and, 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 and the Cowboys were, you know, obviously with the with their, um, you know, excellent offense were, were a big part of those studies. So uh, it was more situation specific, but the, you know, I have it just, you know, like I said, in the early in the season, I watched a lot of game tape. <laughs> he then revealed that he lied, Sam, about having watched every snap of last season. But uh, does Mike McCarthy go from a guy who didn't buy into the analytics and the statistical side of the game into being a, a new age PFF analytical guy? And do you think that will work out in Dallas? Yeah, I mean, he seemed to spend his year kind of developing this whole approach and, under, you know, figuring out what the landscape looked like outside of what he knew already existed and understanding how it could better fit in, in an NFL team, in an NFL front office. So, you know, it looked like Mike McCarthy created this giant plan to much more integrate PFF uh, analytics generally into what he would be doing going forward. And I think that can only be a good thing for Dallas. I think we can all agree on that. Incorporate more PFF equals more success for Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. Sam Monson, appreciate the time. Enjoy the divisional round of the playoffs, sir. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. All right, that's great stuff there, in particular on Aaron Rodgers. Have we seen the best of Aaron Rodgers? Oh, would I love to ask him about what Sam Monson just said. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get more into the coaching uh, searches for teams. We'll move on from the Dallas Cowboys to the Cleveland Browns and also the New York Giants, who have their man introduced to the media yesterday. Did he win? Did he lose? Did he, did he spew too many cliches, Ross? Yeah, I'm not sure you want to ask Aaron Rodgers that question, Dave. You don't want to get on his list. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you want to get on the list of people that he no. doesn't talk to because you said something bad about him. At any rate, Sam Munson is hired as our PFF analyst each week, and we didn't even have to go to ZipRecruiter to find him. Although, if we wanted somebody, ZipRecruiter would be the place to get him because they send the job that you're looking for for your business to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't just stop there like other people do. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As the applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter, get a quality candidate through the site 
within the first day. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 